Fairy Girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week because it's our show. And not yours. If this is your first time listening to the show, turn Stop. it off. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. Start at episode one. Thank you. Grumblethorpe to my mouth a little bit. And Hi, welcome Sarah. back. Hi. <laughs> We've actually been talking for like almost an hour now. I know. Just we were like, out. we have to start the episode. We do. We kept being like, okay, I'm like this is the last thing I'm going to say. And then we're going to start But then I want to talk about this would... though too. Did you know about right, this? Right, right, right. <laughs> It's good though because our listeners aren't here for all the banter. They're not here to right, and we to love to give you butts. good banter, but we don't want to be too rambly. So we try and get all the rambly out before we start recording, so that we still have banter, but it doesn't like overwhelm the episode. Exactly, <laughs> because we could. Because that could be a whole other show is just just banter. It, yeah, just like our everyday what we have to say about things. But like, I don't know about Would you, you but I've listened that, to podcasts. Wait, what? <laughs> No, I was like, would you be into that, the listener? No, but you're right. Like, there are podcasts that will go on. For too long. Honest to God, y'all, I don't know how you feel, but if I open up a podcast and it says this episode is over an hour to an hour and 20 minutes long, I say, I'm going to find a different podcast. Yeah, it's a lot for me. It's Unless a lot. Unless that is, like, about one speci- I don't know. If it's, like, a Dateline. Dateline or, can know- be fine. <laughs> Because there's no banter. They are just straight up, Correct, like, story. Correct, because it is straight. Into, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm like, if it is no holds barred, like, it is all about the thing and it's, like, really in it, then maybe. But I don't want to listen to, like, this is a personal preference. I don't want to listen to an hour and a half podcast that's, like, 45 minutes to an hour of banter and then 30 minutes of me hearing about the true crime. I want to hear about the true crime. Exactly. Same. Same. Yeah. Which is what we're trying to give you here at Dead Time Stories. So and let me talk about this that. manicure I got last week. Oh my um, gosh. Why did you keep me <laughs> It was the first time I went to the salon in a, almost a year. I haven't even because been. Of COVID. I got a salon at home done. I know. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a gel mani. And I did it. And I'm excited. And they look good. And see, and there we were. I was making a joke about banter. And then it evolved into banter. We have to be careful. It's like quicksand. <laughs> it's like what? It's like quicksand. It sucks you it's in. Like quicksand. It's like the secret. It's the law of attraction. Except for the listener who's like, skip ahead 15 seconds. They're skip like, this is the worst banter seconds. they've ever bantered. <laughs> oh, where's the fart noise? Hold on. Back on track. Noises. We talked about farts um, a little bit when we were bantering privately. But what I don't think I told you that I was going to tell you, and I'm just going to tell you now, and people are going to know this about my partner who doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Uh, Anymore. Because <laughs> they already won you over, so they don't have to try as hard. They don't have to do it anymore. Uh, so uh, when Val, we'll be spooning, um, which Val is almost always the little is spoon. Is Val little spoon? Um, That's okay. Charlie's little spoon. He's yeah. like, backpack We'll be me. spooning. 
and <laughs> bag bag me backpacker uh, when val is gonna fart i can feel it because their whole body yes it tenses <laughs> you know nodding. you know that it's coming you no know. right i'm like i'm wrapped around you and i feel this like like i feel your whole body <laughs> yes they're like, you're not going to know. And I'm like, my hand is on your gut. I feel that ball moving. And it's not even your gut. Distance. I'm just like, my arm is around you and your whole body. Like, Val like, <laughs> clinches their, their whole everything. And I'm like, oh, a fart's coming. But, uh, and I've told Val this, and I might have said it on the podcast, but if I haven't before, true story my mom used to tell me, you only fart on the ones you love. I'm pretty sure that's the title of an episode. Yeah. And that's real. My mom used to say that. You only fart on the ones you love. And I've never... It's true. Like, I've never farted on anybody I didn't care about. It's always been somebody that was very, you know, somebody very important in my life. It was like family. I don't think I've ever fart farted on, on anybody. Maybe I don't know what love is. I don't know. Like, you don't think you were a kid, you sat on your mom's lap and maybe farted one time? Not intentionally. Not like, I love you. I don't know. My family was weird. <laughs> I've we been... also didn't go to church, so <laughs> maybe the two were done. We didn't go to church, and we openly farted on each other. We went to church too much, and now none of us talk. Um, so you went to church and they were like, farting is the devil and don't ever let anyone know that you do it because no one farts except bad people. Only bad people fart and only bad people masturbate. Okay, good night. Enjoy Have a puberty. good life. Grow up and be normal. <laughs> Grow up and be normal. This is fine. Don't feel self-conscious about your body. Okay, bye. Yeah, Jesus like, loves you. Know, you. Life's crazy. <laughs> There's our banter. So we're not going to keep bantering this whole episode. Speaking of banter, there's no banter in Dead Time Stories. This six minutes and some change never I know. And I was like, six and a half minutes? Perfect. Here we go. Let's go. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Hey, Leslie. Leslie. Y'all ready ready to talk talk about about some some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? So this week, sorry guys, it's not a ghost story, but it's a true crime story. I love that you apologize that it's not a ghost story. Because I feel- We told them. I did the whole (laughs) month, though. I was like, ghost story, ghost story, ghost story, er, 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 this is me now. We talk about other stuff. And now I'm like, fuck ghosts. Just kidding. Next episode. No, this week is all about a true crime, and I want to preface, <clears throat> hold on, let me get this out of my throat first. <clears throat> That's what she said. That's what she said. And pull up she my She did. Her name's Sarah, reference. and she said that. My name is Sarah, and I, I said her. that, and um, I'm not union, but you can talk to my manager, Stephanie. So, this week, I'm taking this story. It's a very, like, not well-known true crime or anything like that, because I found it on Reddit, which is where I get a lot of my research. But someone posted on Reddit unsolved, oh, unresolved mysteries, and it's the unsolved murder of an Attica, Indiana school teacher. Now, before I get started, I want to say that I'm going to basically point for point tell this person's write up. When I did my own research on this, honestly, the best way that this story can be told is the way that this person's already told it. And not a lot of people have seen it 
or said anything about it, unless you're on Reddit. So I wanted to talk about it because I found it interesting, but I am going to plagiarize their work. But I asked for their permission and they said yes. So to give full... I I knew you would say yes because you wouldn't have done it if they did it. But for some reason, I really thought you were going to be like, I asked for their permission and they they said no. no. So don't tell them. Don't tell them and hopefully they don't listen. No, they did say yes. Though I had the thought yesterday when I messaged them and I was like, what if they say no? Maybe I just play dumb. And I'm like, just what like, what are they going to do? Are they going to really track down our podcast? Maybe because our Reddit handle is the podcast name. But like, are they really going to like put that much effort into it? I mean, it's sweet that you asked permission. I even try. Though we know the phrase that it's better to beg forgiveness than to ask for permission. <laughs> Whatever. I did it anyways. And they said but that you got it's permission. okay. I got permission. I, I'm so, pretty yeah, sure in cool. my message to them, I said... I just am asking for your consent to tell your write-up. Uh, that's what I want. And they were like, yes, that's be absolutely. a recurring theme today. Huh? I said that's going to be a recurring theme today. Oh, no. All right. In well, the wildest way. Okay. All right. So this first story, again, is uh, going to be a story about a missing Attica, Indiana school teacher. And the write-up that I'm going to be telling is from Reddit, and it's from the Reddit user, The Bones of Autumn. And their Reddit profile says that they are happily married to the love of my life. They're a stay-at-home mom, a Hoosier, and a true crime writer. Are the Hoosiers Ohio? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. But with that, I will say I'll be using she, her pronouns for the author of this because they are a she, her. Because she referred to herself as a mom. Yeah. And I don't know their actual name, but again, their Reddit handle is The Bones of Autumn. And they do, like, there's a lot of people on Reddit who research these true crime, these unsolved mysteries on their own. And they do these write-ups. And these write-ups are incredibly- like a web sleuther? Huh? Is she like a web sleuther? To a degree. Where like you wouldn't find this story. Like there are only two or three references online that you can find of this story. So you have to do this research to find it. A lot of people get onto the missing persons database. There's one called the Charlie Project. Spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y. And it talks about a lot of missing people and a lot of... Redditors get on there, they do the research, they bring up these stories that are not well known because there aren't a lot of sources about these people, but it's crazy. So this is the one that I found this week and I'm going to tell because I was like, this shit cray. All right, here we go. Leona Disseldorf. So Leona Disseldorf was a 70 year old retired Attica, Indiana school teacher. She was found... Bound, gagged, and weighted with bricks at the bottom of a 40-foot rural well in 1958. Her case, dubbed The Woman in the Well, remains unsolved. So like a lot of people, I'm going to start telling this story, and I'm also guilty of this, I'm really sorry. There's no smoking gun at the end of this. There's no, it probably was this person. This is 100% unsolved. Like we don't, we don't know who did it. 
So 70-year-old Leona Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf was reported missing on September 26, 1958. Leona had lived alone in Attica, Indiana. She was retired from teaching for 24 years, and for the most part, she relied on her social security check for her income. And so when her check was due to arrive and she didn't come out and meet the mailman, the mailman was the first person to be like, this is weird, because she usually met him at the mailbox to get her monies. So after checking Leona's mailbox and finding not only was the previous day's mail inside, but the mail before, the mailman recruited the neighbors around to help try and contact her. After knocking several times on her doors, the neighbors and the mailman peered into a window and found no sign of Leona. However, her two dogs and several cats were apparently inside and had knocked over a few pans in search of food, which was a sign that she'd been missing for maybe a day or so. Yeah. Because they're like hungry, but they're not like crazy. So police were summoned. And after breaking into Leona's home, they found no sign of her and she was reported missing. Nothing appeared to be out of place in her home. The only things missing were herself, her purse, and a small watch that she tend to always wear, which that made police assume that she had left the house, but that she had every intention of returning home and that she never did. At 70 years old, Leona was considered quite active. She was known to walk long distances alone, even over to West Lebanon, which was eight hours, eight hours, eight miles away. However, Leona was also known to hitchhike, accepting rides from locals when offered. Worried that Leona had possibly gotten injured on one of her walks, police and locals searched her regular routes, including a rural farming property that she owned near a nearby town. Leona's sister, who had passed away a few years prior, had left Leona the 80-acre piece of farming property that she would frequently walk. But even after an extensive search of that entire property, police found no sign of Leona. On November 17th, 52 days after she was reported missing, Bill Young, Don Hart, two rabbit hunters from Covington, Indiana, stopped to take a break nearby a well that was covered in wooden, covered with wooden planks. So it was just a well in the ground, like the old school kind that just had a wooden plank over top of it on someone's farm that they would use, you know, to get water and things. While they were standing nearby, they noticed a foul smell coming from within. The well itself was 11 miles southwest of Attica. It was owned by a woman named Mary Hickman. However, the property was farmed and cared for by her brother-in-law named Guy Grady. So not too long after Bill and Don were sitting on the well and they were like, it fucking is, smells putrid. The caretaker, Guy Grady, and his son, Gene, arrived at the well to get some water because they'd been working on the property. And that's when they were like, this, you're right, this fucking stinks. This smells really bad. And so they assumed that a water, like that an animal had fallen into the well and had drowned and was in the water, which if anyone who listens has grown up on a farm property with an open well, it happens 
pretty frequently. I mean, I know where I lived in East Texas, like I had a friend who her well on her property, we were there one day swimming in the tank that they had and we walked by the well and they were like, oh, there's a pig fell in the well. So we need to pull it out before it contaminates all the water. Like it just happens. Like animals will fall. I mean, it's a hole in the ground that goes down 11 feet. Like these animals just fall in, they get stuck, they die. And then you're like, fuck. Let me pull them out before the water's but too contaminated. I mean, it's awful with animals, too. Like, that's terrible. So, Ugh. they were like, all right, I guess an animal fell in here. So, in an attempt to retrieve the animal, they threw down a thing of barbed wire and they pulled it up. However, when they pulled it up, it was covered in what appeared to be human hair. Oh, God. After a second glance down into the well, the men then saw what appeared to be a human form in the 10 feet of water below the 40 foot deep well. So the well was 40 feet and then it was 10 feet of water and they saw her down at the bottom of the 10 feet of water. Yeah. Hours later, the badly decomposed body of Leona Disseldorf was pulled from the rural well. She was first identified by her cousin, who claimed that a pair of shoes pulled from the well definitely belonged to Leona, and her identity would later be confirmed using her dental records. Here's where it gets weird and suspicious. Even more so than the 70-year-old woman with no family went missing and wasn't found for 52 days until now when she was found at the bottom of a well. She was also found with her feet and her wrists bound with a white plastic clothesline, and her arms were tied around her neck. So her wrists were bound, her feet were bound, and then her arms were, like, tied up around her neck. Five electrical, like, it seemed like electrical wire, like, stripped electrical wire, was found wrapped around her waist, and attached to that wire wrapped around her waist were seven bricks. Now, they found that these bricks were freshly made from a batch made at the local Attica brickyard, but it was from a batch of bricks that were not distributed yet, if that makes sense. Like, I think bricks are individually marked when they're made, and these were from a batch that were made but not distributed. Haven't, like, left the shipyard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brickyard. A white towel was found tied around her throat, and during the autopsy, they found a rag in her mouth as well. And then later, when they were searching the well, they found a piece of duct tape that was about the size that it would be if it was put over her mouth, found in the well. So, she had been bound and gagged and weighted down and thrown into the well. Due to the advanced state of decomposition, the cause of death could not be determined. However, they do believe that she was still alive when she was tossed into the well. God, that's awful. When police first attempted to retrieve her body, they discovered that her one of her hands was still clutched around a small pipe inside of the well. Leona was found fully clothed, except for a red sweater that she wore daily. Her purse and her watch, that had both been missing from her home, 
were not recovered. Leona was reportedly last seen on the day before her disappearance by one of her former students, and according to him, he saw Leona getting out of the backseat of a car near Highway 51 wearing her red sweater. He could not give a description of the car other than it had local plates, but that fits her M.O. of her usually hitchhiking to get around the town. Police believe that robbery may have been the motive for her murder due to the fact that her purse and her watch were never found. It was rumored that Leona may have hidden a large sum of money she had been collecting from the farm property that her sister had left her. However, police did report that those rumors of her sitting on a large little nest egg of money are completely unfounded. So it's really not sure why she was targeted for this. Leona had been at one point in time married to a man named Edgar Emmons. During their marriage, Edgar had Leona involuntarily admitted to a state hospital, claiming that she was incapable of managing her financial affairs. And Leona was like, um, excuse me, no, and he's abusive. And the two of them finally divorced in 1931. And then in 1943, Edgar helped a woman kidnap her own daughter, whom she had lost custody of, and he ended up shooting a policeman in the process. And Edgar died a few years later. They had no children. Leona never remarried. So the ex-husband isn't a suspect. She has no kids. She has no other family. And she didn't have all that money that people rumored that she had. Police exhausted all efforts to find Leona's killer. However, the case of the woman in the well remains unsolved to this day. And no one knows what happened to her. That's crazy. And I think what gets me most about this case is that she was probably dropped into that well still alive. Yeah. That it sounds like she was bound and gagged and then they put the weights around her waist and chucked her in there. Yeah. And it's like, and for why? Wh- for what? A watch and $20? Why? And she was 70. That's crazy. That's awful. So that's my really unsettling, unsolved murder of Leona Disseldorf that I found on Reddit. Ooh. That that's I went... That's intense. Um, yeah, the sources that this writer cites, Find a Grave and um, Crime Scene newspaper clippings, I went and read through all of those. And the way that this person writes it up is the best way to tell the story. Like, I don't know of a better way to tell yeah. it. She was well known in the town. People saw her walking around. She was a well-loved teacher. She had no enemies. And then she just went missing. And no one found her until people stumbled upon the well that she'd been thrown in. That was 11 miles away from the town. It's so sad. Yeah. And it's scary. Cause like, what if, I don't know, like what if, what if you're an older person and you just, you've gotten to the point where you spent your whole life working and you never had kids and you never had girlfriends or friends. And then you're 70 and you just you know, you stay alive, you do your daily tasks, but as soon as you go missing, no one's going to notice. That's crazy. 
why are you why are you depressing everyone? I'm sorry. Because <laughs> these are the thoughts that I had. Well, Everyone before, needs like, to my, find one a buddy. Of my biggest fears is like is like dying and, and like alone in my house and no one even noticing that I'm missing for like weeks. Everyone should have a buddy system in place. Yeah, you can be my buddy if you don't hear from me for forty eight hours at a time. Check in on me. Check on me, girl. Check on me, girl. Be my buddy okay. system. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it, please. <laughs> And I if, love you. if I don't hear from you, I'll check on you. I love you. <sighs> I hope right. neither one of us ever ends up in a well. Unless we want to be in there. Because, like, treasure. I don't Agreed. know. <laughs> <laughs> this is some wild foreshadowing. Here we go. Oh, Stephanie, what are you talking story. about then? Today, I'm talking about the Sharon Lapaka homicide. It's hard to really call it a murder. (laughs) She died at the hands of someone else. Okay. I'm like, was she died? It's more complicated. Okay. But she died. Okay. Okay. So Sharon was born in 1961. She was born in Maryland. She grew up in Maryland. Her parents were Orthodox Jewish people. Um, She was the first of four daughters. Okay. Okay. And they were um, really, really devout. Uh, Jewish people. So she grew up in Baltimore and her classmates described her as basically as normal as you can get. Just (laughs) plain white bread. She was boring. She seemed very normal. Okay. Okay. In the early 90s, she decided to marry a construction worker by the name of Victor. Victor Lapotka because her maiden name was uh, Denberg. I believe. Okay. Denberg was her maiden name. So she decided she was going to marry this guy named Victor Lapotka. And Victor Lapotka was Catholic. Uh And that was like a huge problem. Whoa. whoa. Her family basically disowned her for marrying a Catholic. Mm -hmm. And some people said that like that was kind of her way of like breaking away from her family like she kind of wanted to to get out of that life and like that was not a hindrance for her that was like a pro that was like like, a positive part of the relationship right okay so in 1995 she started an uh, she started an online advertising business which was kind of like the first of its kind this is 1995 so this is when the internet is like just starting to get really into people's homes like into normal people's homes it's not just like something like nerds have (laughs) like this was when people were using the internet but they had to decide if they wanted to use their landline or get on the internet so yes and this was like aol was big you had to have a cd to access everywhere you could get those aol cd roms yep if you were born after like 1995, you'll have no idea what we're talking about. You used but to have to have a CD-ROM to, to access the internet. You, a CD-ROM. And you oh you used to not be able to use your phone when you got on the internet. You had to choose one That's or true. the other. You could not use the phone and the internet at the same time. And I don't know about you, but I, I definitely grew up in a family that had 
a computer room in the house. And that's where the computer was. And we had specific times to use it. Our computer was in the dining room so that nobody could like hide in in a room and use it. yeah. All right. So like it was in a very public space. So if mom wanted to see what you were doing on the computer, she didn't have to like, there was no door to knock on. She was coming in. Yeah. Right. We had that at our other house. but the yeah, first that's where ours was. Yeah. It was in the dining room. <laughs> but no matter what, you had you had a designated family computer that everyone used yes. to access the yes, internet. Yes, it was the family computer. We had a gateway. It was our first one. It came in the box. It looked like a cow. We called it Bessie. Oh, cute. Anyway. My dad built the computers in our house. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and that was our that was our first computer that got on the internet. We did have a computer before that, but we're not getting into that right now. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, this is about this so, poor woman. Big deal for Sharon Lapotka, okay, to be making money on the internet from home, okay? So it started with her online Would you call it a business. gateway job? I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry. No, that's actually excellent. It, that's excellent. <laughs> it was a gateway job. So it started with her, uh, like I said, online advertising. She hosted House of Dion, was what she called her little business for selling home decor. Cute. Um, and she would sell like guides, like home decor guides for $7 by the mail. So she was making money that way. An advertisement on the website read, home decorating secret. This was like pre, <laughs> like BuzzFeed, right? Home decorating secret seen in the posh homes from New England states to the Hollywood homes can now be yours. Never published before. Quick, easy ways to decorate your home. She was on like she was way ahead of the game Mm -hmm. she was paid fifty dollars per advertising rewriting ad copy her business titled classified concepts she ran several websites for distributing psychic readings also garnering a percentage of the money from sales and other services with premium rate telephone numbers advertised on her website like sex numbers yeah sure because you know money so that's where it starts right so in addition to her advertising and psychic reading business, Lapaka marketed pornographic content under the alias of Nancy Carlson, which it was. <laughs> I'm intrigued. It was what? How do I put this? So it was what in the BDSM community would be referred to um, con non-con, which was it was stuff that like appeared to be non-consensual. But was consensual. So it, um, like, stuff that depicted uh, people being drugged, hypnotized, or chloroformed into engaging with sex. Um, She sold her used undergarments on the internet. Uh, An advertisement for them read, is there anyone out there interested in buying worn panties? She also used the internet to fulfill her own sexual desires that were offered, often considered irregular in society. Okay. So she was like, she would have killed it on Craigslist. So she was like kind of Craigslisting and only fansing Mm -hmm. 25 years ago. Yes. Okay. She's a trailblazer. Um, But her stuff was, like, it just was getting increasingly, like, more and more hardcore. Like, the stuff that she was, like, Like, talking about. Like, rougher and rougher and, like, less safe and less safe. And she wasn't, mind you, I don't, from my understanding, it wasn't, like, videos of this content. Like, she, like, wrote a lot of content. And she, um, 
like uh she did that like girlfriend fantasy kind of thing. you know what i mean like she would have like private conversations with people mm-hmm. for money yeah like that kind of stuff um so it wasn't like it's really important to to note that these things weren't physically happening okay these were all things that she was like talking about writing about all the time mm-hmm. so included in that um she used different like pseudonyms and different personas and she would go into like different chat rooms um, on a website called fetishfeet.com, sexbondage.com, and they were like paid member websites. So that was like another way that she was like bringing in the money, right? It was like doing sexy, like talk to people. Wow. And it was really like niche fetishes. Yeah. So like uh, necrophilia, bondage, sadomasochism. More than 50 messages that showed her uh, that showed her talking about her sexual desire to be tortured to death. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Uh, question. Was she is yes. this is she married at this point? Yes. And she she's is just like, I'm an I'm a I I'm a marketing executive. Right. She's like, yes. Like she's been a housewife the whole time and she's done. She does all the home decor stuff, and she makes money from that. She's like, "Welcome like, home, honey." And then on the computer, she's discovering like, discovering this other side of herself. Toes. Yeah, right through okay. her, like what she's like selling online. All right. So one of her other characters is Carlson, who was a disciplinarian dominatrix, a pornographic film actress who weighed three hundred pounds. Huh. Um, that was one of her personas, and. She was constantly talking about, um, like, completely, like, either giving away consent or, like, taking, like, giving, like, giving over total control to someone or vice versa, Mm -hmm. like, where, like, you can't go back, Mm -hmm. like, you can't revert. And people would message her and be like, hey, (laughs) that's not cool. That, yeah, you're Um, pushing it too far. Right, exactly. Like, people would be like, hey, because that's not what this community is about, and that's very important to remember. <laughs> it's all about consent, right? Repeated, like, yes, this is what I want. Yes, continue. Yes, I'm still into this. Yes, like, you should have many opportunities to revoke consent, right? Meanwhile, and Sharon's like, like I-, I don't consent and I'm into it. Right. Sharon is like, I want somebody to just tie me down and like torture me to death, like just like rape me to death. But like my like, husband is oh, around, God. so work around his schedule. So I don't need him to find out. So, well, and she was like putting up ads to like find somebody and she was like, nobody married. You have to be serious about this. And I was like, Sharon, but you girl, married. you're married. So what like her husband, did she have kids with her husband? Like, did she um, have I think a- she had a kid. Did she have a kid or two? Um, honestly, I I didn't really read much about her kids because I think the two the two people that I like listened to talk about this were both like these people's kids have nothing to do with this, and like I don't want people like sure, researching yeah. their kids. Yeah, yeah. So I, don't, I, I was like, that makes sense, and I didn't really look into it too hard. I think of it more in the sense of how much of a double life. Was she leading? Was, she, was leading? she leading it so much in the sense that she was having to keep up a household and raise children as opposed to just keep up a marriage, which those are two. Right. Like, that's so many different relationships. And yeah. then be this non-consenting rape fetishist on AOL.com on the side. It's nuts. 
Um, so she was, so people were, you know, were was like, her hey, husband ever like, like, I really want to call my mom. Why can I never use the phone? And Sharon's like, it's my computer room time. It's business. It's my job. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so people in these forums were like, Hey, you need to understand, like, there's a difference between like fantasy and like reality. And, you know, you, there can be things that you, like, fantasize and the idea turn you on. But, like, you can't be out here, like, looking for someone to torture you to death. Uh, and her actual reply to one person was, I want the real thing. I did not ask for you preaching to me. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. What happened in her? Like, who hurt her? What happened to her? That is a, that is part of the mystery. No one knows. She know was just born that way. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. So were they like, so you're blocked have... from this community? No, she had different screen names. Uh, oh. This was, I mean, I it's know. already, it's 2020 and it's easy to pretend to be a different person. This was 1995. And remember, she was making all her money online. So if there was anybody who knew how to just make a new email address and be a new person, it, it was, was Sharon. Sharon. Yeah. Wow. No problem for her. So she's actively in these forums looking for someone to torture her to death. Okay. Sure. Enter a guy. Okay. Named, right? I told you this, this case is like. No, it's. You're right. I think I want to go back to being tossed down a well. I don't. Ugh. (laughs) So then we have the other player in this story, which is um, Robert Glass, who we'll call Bobby. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll call him Robert. <laughs> Robert Glass. Um, <laughs> Let's call him Robbie no, cause, Boy. Well, because I looked at two things and then I'm looking I have like notes from a third thing. And I was like, the third thing is like Robert, Bobby, Frederick Glass. I'm like, girl, who calls him Bobby? I haven't heard anybody else call him Bobby. Robert Glass <laughs> was a computer analyst. He's a real glass For hole. the government in Catawba County, North Carolina, which I'm from North Carolina, y'all. Not from Catawba County, but I did go to college at Catawba College, my first year of college. Oh, did you know Robert and Glass? I'm just kidding. I did not know Robert okay. Glass. <laughs> but he worked there for nearly 16 years. His tasks included programming tax rolls and keeping track of the amount of vehicle gas consumption for the county. Like that kind of shit. And he wanted to murder and rape a woman real bad, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming that's why we're he, talking about him. <laughs> he used to be married to a woman named Sherry um, for 14 years. They had two daughters and a son. Later in the marriage, Sherry noticed that her husband was spending way more time on the computer. And she knew, she was like, he. I know he works on the computer and he's on the computer all the time for work, but he's also just on the computer all the time. So she was like, I want to know what he's doing on the computer all the time. And one day when he wasn't home, she logged on to his computer. Girl, you don't want to know. And she started clicking some stuff. Girl, you don't want to know. And man, she found some stuff. Girl, you don't want to know. So there were multiple multiple emails. The two that he used the most were one called Toy Man and one called Slow Hand. Ugh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And... She opened an email and started reading, and she just kind of kept reading them because she was like, who the fuck am I married to? Who did to? I marry? God, that's also terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mar- and three she described- children. 
three children. She described the emails as raw, violent, and disturbing. So she found it very upsetting. Yes. And it was enough for the two of them to get separated. Yes. And no. they were divorced by 1996. Makes they sense. They were done. Makes sense. So Lepaka first met Glass, uh, which is Sharon Lepaka, met Robert Glass in August of 1996 in a pornographic chat room. <sighs> ASM. Lepaka presented her fetish of being tortured to Glass. While he sent messages about how he would fulfill her fantasy. Close to 900 pages worth of emails were exchanged between the two of them and uncovered later by the police. Over how long a period of time? Over, I want to say this was like six months. So they were literally not doing anything else other than sending each other emails. How like how emails you- about this how how much she wanted him to torture her to death. And he was like, "Oh yeah, baby, I'm into that." He's Did like, I mention I'm my wife just it. left me? Let's go. So, um wow. October of 90... No, this wasn't even this was like 3 months. I'm still just like that months, is so much time spent online even, but even to more so that's three months not six months <gasps> between them meeting and 900 emails and via six, three months 900 pages Page- worth oh. of emails like they printed all the emails up and it was over 900 pages that is literally mm-hmm. you sitting at your computer for such a long period of time like i get it yeah. if you are newly dating someone and you're into the relationship so you're sending text after text after text after text and you're always responding because you're very excited but 900 yeah. pages that's a novel Isn't that that's wild? a novella mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is a whole ass book all right which one of them gets murdered in this book so i'm ready the morning of October 13th, 1996, Sharon was like, honey, I'm going to go visit some old friends in Georgia. Um, Her poor I'll be husband. back in a couple of days. And she left a note that she, um, she left a note. I'm going to leave it at that for right now. <laughs> no. Okay. 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 Um, and we won't go over the note right now because, because that doesn't come up yet. But you will tell me what the I was like, the they mentioned this, this note because she left it at this time, but we won't talk about what the note says because he didn't find it yet. Okay. All right. So, so she, just she left. left a note and she went to go meet Robert Glass in North Carolina. Um. So that morning she drove her blue Honda Civic to Baltimore's Pennsylvania station. That was about a 45 minute drive. She took a train on Amtrak to Charlotte, North Carolina, and she got there at 8.45 p.m. So this is like several hours on the train. And then Glass drove Lapotka in his pickup truck to his rural Lenore, North Carolina mobile home, 80 miles outside of Charlotte. So she had a lot of time to think about her decision. To change her mind. (laughs) And to be like, just kidding, I don't want to do this. And also, I guess this was early enough to where they were like, hey, maybe you shouldn't meet up with a stranger that you met on the internet. Yeah. And she got in his truck with him. And she went to a second location. You never go to a second location. So she's with him for like a few days. Her husband finds the note. In the note, she says, "Um, if my body is never retrieved, don't worry. Know that I'm at peace. What? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And she says not to go after anyone if her body is found. Like, not to look for a killer, not to find who did it. But make a Netflix special about me, please. (laughs) Oh, girl, there needs to be one. (laughs) Mm. What? Oh, my God. So she's just like, my life goal is to get murdered. I just want to get tortured to death. Specifically, so that I can get wanted to be like choked to death. Uh, She wanted to be like tortured, like BDSM style, like Yankee style, and then while she was climaxing, be choked to death. But then she wouldn't even like remember it to be like that was the best orgasm of my life. She'd be see, and I I think it's more like it can't get any better than this. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, dies. This is the happiest I'll ever be. And never has to come down. Right, exactly. I don't know. Until she wakes up dead and she's like, JK, this isn't what I wanted. Right. Um, so is so. that what happened? So he finds the letter, her husband. Victor finds the letter, goes to the police. The police go through her email. They find all these emails where she's like explicitly like, yes, I, I'm sure I want you to torture They're me. Like, yes, sir, yes, this is what I want. Did you realize I'm coming to your see you wife, in North Carolina, torture me to death? Yes. Your wife wrote a novella about how she wanted to be murdered. Did you realize that? We bound it for you. Do you want to read it? That's what the cop said. <laughs> These are like all jumbled as far as time. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that part yet. So um, the police staked out Glass's house for several days trying to wait and see like if Lepaka came out because they saw these like emails between the two of them. They found the guy. Sure. They're like, all right, let's go to the guy's house. So they waited for a few days and they see him come and go, and they never see Sharon Lepaka. Because she's dead. So on October 25th, 1996, Judge Beverly T. Beale issued a search warrant for the home. Inside the house, investigators discovered items belonging to Lepaka. In addition, they found um, drug and bondage equipment, uh, porno- uh, pornographic magazines, a magnum, Several computer disks, lots of trash. There was, like, trash everywhere. And the police officer outside noticed a mound of soil about 75 feet away from the home that looked freshly overturned. That's a grave. So they went to dig, and about two and a half feet down, they found the remains of Sharon Lepotsky. It's what she wanted. So they called um, the police at the scene, called the police that were, like, watching him at work, right? Because they had people all over him. And they were like, found a body, dig her up, let's do this. So when he was interviewed by the police, he admitted to what happened, uh, to fulfilling her torture fantasy, but he said that the death ultimately was an accident, Um, He said that she was there for, like, three days, and they were just fucking fucking and and doing the kinky torture shit that they were both really into, consensually both wanted to do, super into it, had a great time. But that he wasn't, like, murdering her how tight he pulled the rope Mm. at one point when they were having sex, and he was choking her. And he did not, he says he did not intend to kill her, but that's what happened, that he accidentally choked her to death. This was supported by the autopsy, 
um, done by the chief state medical examiner who stated that Lepotka was accidentally strangled by uh, strangled to death three days after her arrival in North Carolina. So he didn't kill her that night. They were together yeah, yeah. for three days, which confirmed his story. However, the police disagreed about whether or not it was an accident because of the emails. Right. But they had she all was saying, oh, so they were saying even though saying she, she asked, wanted to be tortured to death. And they're like, you did not accidentally kill her. You guys talked about this for months about you torturing her to death. This was not an accident. You did this on purpose. But then if like she was asking for it, if she consented, that's, but if that's, that's what where she the gray wanted. Is. Yeah. That's what, yeah. You're like, what do you do? She wanted this. Yeah. So what did they so, do? In their investigation, they also found that he was in possession of child pornography. Well, all right. Now you're fucked. And you did that to yourself. That's totally So, you. right. I was like, there are some things that twinge this where you're like, yeah, fuck that one guy. No, yeah, fuck that one guy. For sure. But fuck him because of the child porn. And fuck him, because if it was an accident, why did you bury her in a shallow grave in your yard? Why didn't you call 911 when you accidentally strangled her to death if it was an accident? Did he know that that was her plan, though? That that's what she wanted? Maybe he knew that's what she wanted, and so he was like, okay. See, and I don't know. I wonder that, too. I was like, was that in the emails, that that was part of it? Did they never talk about what she would want done with her body after she was after She's like, here's my last will and testament. Please choke me to death while you're fucking me. And then, like, I don't know. Throw my body somewhere. I don't care. I'm dead. So, the controversy comes over talking about, like, the BDSM. Whether or not the murder was an accident, whether if it wasn't an accident, is that terrible? If that's what she wanted, if that's what she. Oh, there's a I'm lot torn. of questions that, that lean about it, right? Glass ultimately pleaded guilty to voluntary ma- manslaughter and sexual exploitation of a minor for the child pornography. Yeah, that he is on wrong January twenty seventh, two thousand. He was sentenced to. This is <laughs> not nearly enough. Um, he was sentenced to 36 to 53 months for her murder. That's enough for the for the murder, I think, because it was an accident. I don't know. It's questionable. He was sentenced to, this is what I'm like, this was not enough, an additional 27 months Whoa! for the charges of second degree minor exploitation. That's for it? The possession of the child pornography. That's it. 27 months to be served consecutively. Not enough time for this for this fucking guy. We've been in quarantine okay, for over what? half of that time. Guess what, Sarah? Is he dead? Two weeks before his release, he had a heart attack and died. Womp womp. <laughs> Not. The case was really significant for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. It was the really the first case that people know of where email was the significant evidence. Using the email correspondence as evidence of the murder, that had never happened before. Yeah. That was a really big deal. A majority of the media coverage of Lepaka's killing mainly focused on um, the dangerous consequences of internet-held meetings. So that was the lesson that the media took away from that, was, like, the dangers of meeting people on the internet. Several people requested that a form of censorship should be used to create and uh, should be created to protect people on the internet, 
Um, while anti-censorship activities counter-argued that people could better express controversial beliefs in an open forum without the need of a real identity because there's no, you know, there are some websites that'll make you verify who you are, Mm -hmm. but even to this day, it is very easy to pretend to be somebody else on the internet. Yep. Writers have labeled the situation as one of the earliest examples of what psychologists called Mardi Gras phenomenon, where one uses a variety of personalities to decrease their chances of having consequences for their actions. Thanks to the popularity of this case, more psychologists increase their desire to have a better understanding of atypical sexual desires caused by sadism, masochism, and asphyxia. Huh. That is, I mean, that's a really interesting case, just strictly on the sense of... She was like, it this started is... a lot of different conversations. Yeah, this is how I want to die. And he's like, sure, okay. Oh, no, but it was an accident. But I'm in trouble. He's like, I did tell her I was going to kill her because I knew that really like got her off. But TBH, I, I really to. never did intend to kill her. It makes me think of like Ken Barnes in the Pizza Bomber case. Yeah. Where like he was like, Yeah, I told Marjorie I'd kill her dad for half a million dollars, but I never really had any intention of killing her dad. I was just like, Yeah, I'll do that. Kind of to see what she was going to do. And then she took it too far. And then she took it too far. That's how I I feel about this. Kind of. Yeah. But then he was arrested for child porn. He had the child porn. Right. Yeah. No, like I'm not defending him. Nope. Like, as a person. But that idea, right, where I'm like, do I think he really killed her on purpose? I don't know. But he did bury her in a shallow grave and he had kitty porn. So, like, to me, those are the bigger, oddly enough, those are the the bigger things than the him actually killing her. Because yeah. she seemed to be really into she that. She wanted that. She left a note saying, these are my she, intentions. Saying, don't even look for me. Don't even look for the person who killed me. Because, like, this I'm into it. Like, do not worry about it. Like, this is what I want. Oof crazy people are so that's crazy. the story of sharon lapotka sharon lapotka sorry lapotka lapot crazy i don't oof. she was though oof. isn't that isn't that a wild story that, how did you even find that story <laughs> um from the uh internet. murder mystery and makeup on youtube huh. yeah no that's i that's crazy. Which if you guys have never are... watched that on YouTube, it's a girl who does she, her makeup yeah. and talks about true crime. It's pretty good. She's good. She's good. And I was Woof. like, I got to read more about it because this is crazy. So I like watched more videos and then read about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm talking about this. That is. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, it was consent. But at what point is consent no longer and right i'm just like well and what if she (laughs) there's no way in that last moment to be like i changed my mind (laughs) never mind never mind i don't know it's it's nuts i mean i would but it wasn't like you know one time she said it like she over and over very clear over and over again like this is what i want like confirmed consent repeatedly confirmed consent over and over and over again if there also i don't i don't know if there was ever a moment that i would want to like consciously make contact with a spirit it would be right now to ask sharon lapotka did you want to die in that no, is this mo- girl, girl is this what you wanted like is this what you wanted 
Like, I would get out the Ouija board to talk to Sharon Lapotka and be like, girl, we got to know. Girl, do not tempt me. <laughs> Where did she die? I will come over there right over now. There? <laughs> We're looking for Sharon Lapotka. And they're like, no, yeah, only no. the devil. Like, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> I can't. Anyways, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. That, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. No ghosts in this episode, but hopefully these stories haunt you. We got two um, lady deaths. Speaking of ghosts and stories haunting you, do you want to tell the people what's coming to oh, them? Oh, I am so excited. Do I? Tune yes. in, y'all, because next week we're going to unveil the first episode of our new bonus content. Bonus content bonus for our content. Patreon. We're making a new patron tier. It's going to be our $10 tier. And at that $10, $10 tier. $10, bitch. $10. That's it. $10 a Ten month. American dollars. Because do we, I mean, I know we have listeners in other countries. I don't know if we have Patreon supporters from other countries. I don't know. Honest to God, I'm not sure. I would hope so. Guys, give us your money. It really helps us. Get on our Patreon. So if you didn't know, we currently have five, 15, we have five, uh, one, five and $15 tiers, but we're now adding 10. So we will have one, five, 10 and $15 tiers. All of them have awesome stuff associated with them. And the higher you go, you also get all of the things in the tiers beneath them. So this is the third level tier, and this is what we're going to be doing for it. Um, So much in the realm of I seen it, what is our five level tier, $5 level tier, where Stephanie tells me the storyline of a scary movie that I've never seen. I will now bear, be bear, bear, bear. taking on. The entire catalog of ghost adventures. Good, 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 good ghost adventures. Ghost adventures. I'll be telling Stephanie the synopsis of every single episode. So it's like I seen to years worth of content, but with ghosts. I'm so excited. Adventures. We don't have a name yet. We also haven't officially named it yet. Yeah, let us know if you have any suggestions. It's hard. We're working on a name. We just can't. so you know, ones that we've already talked about, um, where I hurt it. I hurt it. Because there's I seen it, I hurt it. Did you hear um, that? Did you hear that? Um, adventures and ghost adventures. Ghost adventures. Ghost adventurers. Yeah. I think I also threw out ghost shenanigans. Ghost adventure adventures. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we're we still some, stuck. But if it's got, you have a, if there's one that sticks out to you, or if you have your own idea of what we should call this new bonus content, please send it our way. Email us deadtimestories with a z, all one word, at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram, and of course, just join our our Patreon. It's fucking cool as hell. Uh, and for a dollar a month, you get access to our <laughs> Patreon exclusive Facebook group, which I'm only not in right so now because I'm still locked out of Facebook. But I'm there, and all of your started. other favorite listeners are there. Oh my god! But I'm really mad because I love this fucking Facebook it's a group. Great group. And Sarah is there. All of the people that you've ever heard about on this show are on there, as well as all of our Patreon subscribers. It is a fucking dope ass time, and it's definitely worth a dollar a month. One hundred percent. And fucking bonus content is worth way more than that. Yep. So tune so in next week to get a little taste of what's coming in that ten dollar tier on our Patreon page. I love it. I'm into it. Bam. Tune in next week. You're gonna hear it. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be there. Sarah's gonna be there. How do you feel? I feel good. Excited. Let's go. A little gassy. Good. Let's Me go. Too.
Me too. All right, everybody. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this has been, been Dead, Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 